You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Is unlike any of the other shirim that we've had, where I actually saw and I presented to you uh, the Ramban's words at odds with the Rambam. You know, the Ramban quoting the Rambam or this, or not understanding why the Rambam didn't say something. And in that case, it really was one versus the other. Tonight's year, and I sort of, I guess it wasn't, I sort of had the premonition that I didn't want to create the wheel and forge everything from scratch, is really when we're talking about the two against each other, it's really the Torah of Rav Salvechik, the Rav. And um, I'm going to get to, that's going to, I hope, be the lion's share of what we're going to do. I can't say that I agree 100% with everything the Rav does, but I stand in awe of his brilliance and of how he was able to consistently find the elements what he, uh, that he wanted. Um, and, and let me just say one more thing. Um, like many people who cast a long shadow, a lot of their ideas become unassailable and become uh, impossible to criticize. And it's like, well, Rav Salvechik said this. Okay, that's a Yisod from Rav Salvechik. And no, everybody nods their heads. I think it's important for this group and for general to keep a critical eye. So I am going to share with you Rav Salvechik's ideas, but I don't submit to them completely. I don't expect you to either. And I expect you also to, to share an element of my criticism uh, and, and skepticism over what he has to say. And that doesn't take away one iota from his significance as the greatest Talmudic mind of the 20th century. And that's a very big statement, what I just said. <laughs> okay. But I'm ready to, to, to back it up that Rav Yosef Dov Salvechik from uh, <laughs> uh, Haslovich and then eventually uh, Boston and New York, yes, he, he, I'm going to give him that crown. On the other hand, I do believe that what he says here is important, but I think that um, I am not sure if it's if it's if it's true. <laughs> okay, sorry for saying that, but okay. But now let's start with what I know is true, and this is okay. We've been talking about the machlokas, uh, the Rambam and the Ramban, uh, whether tefillah is from the Torah or not. And last week I mentioned that there is the common misconception, and Bob. Uh, uh, summarized it in the email that he sent out to all of you, that the Ramban believes that tefillah is minatorah be'es tzorah. Uh, I think I was correct in saying it was only the ace tzorah that he was speculating of an individual's tzar, which many of us have throughout our days and lives. Uh, and yet the Ramban really, as uh, as Temach Doran and others have said, was only speculating it, and as, as it, it clearly is something that he rejects at the end, 
although it, it now becomes what the Ramban Shita is. I mentioned last week how part of it was the fact that the very significant work, although many of you probably don't open the book or hear of it, and it's not a, it's not a, it's not a dig on you, it's just that the Sefer doesn't have the type of relevance it used to, the Sefer Mitzvah's Akotan from um, Rabbi Yitzhak Mikor he also, he says clearly that it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's Betzar Bikashtem Misham, that's the mitzvah of Tvila, and therefore people have conflated uh, the Ramban with that opinion, and as I said, the Sefer Achinuch, which really became much more popular uh, after the Middle Ages. I think during the Middle Ages, the Sefer Achinuch, you hardly see any of the Rishonim quoting the Sefer Achinuch. It's only uh, in the period of the Achron and the Sefer Achinach becomes this big book, especially, you know, everybody starts learning it. So if the Sefer Achinach says something about the Ramban, well, that becomes gospel, sorry for the usage. But that's basically where, where I think it happens. Um, and as I mentioned last week, and just to summarize another brief point, the Ramban's real opinion is, is, is although it was accepted by many, and we're gonna, uh, many even Chassidish and very frum and very uh, holy Jews, it was only really uh, in the mid-19th century, at the end of the 19th century, that there was this rejection of what the Ramban clearly means in order to have him align more with what made more philosophical sense. So that's really sort of like a, a brief synopsis. However, there is one thing I didn't say last week, and I want to start it with this week. Um, there is a place where the Ramban seems to say clearly that Tvila is from the Torah. Now, uh, the place that I'm talking about is a place in his parish on Chumash. And by the way, one, you know, Jack mentioned before we started uh, uh, today, Jack mentioned the fact that uh, there are so many debates between Ramban and Rambam that he wasn't aware of, and many of them actually show up in, in his parish on Chumash. And most of you who are sitting there are saying, well, that's, that's the Ramban that I know. Ramban I know is, is Nachmanides from Chumash, right? Uh, it was actually probably the last work that he wrote. Um, it came at the end of his life. Uh, the Ramban, the, the youthful Ramban, uh, the Sefer Mitzvah is a book that he wrote at a much younger age, Sefer Melchamos, like the name implies. So this is a book that actually, in a way, sort of a, it's a summation almost of the Ramban's thinking. So when I, when I take a look at the Ramban's parish on Chumash, and which is what I'm showing you now, this is really something that it's not surprising he didn't mention it in Sefer Mitzvos. Again, another parenthetical statement. When we're dealing with human beings, we can't, and, and, and who live over a lifetime, works that they write in their later years are going to be sometimes different what they wrote in their earlier years. So if the Ramban writes something in, in, in Sefer Mitzvos, and then we're going to find, oh, but he says something a little bit different in his parish on Chumash, it's not a steer in the Ramban. What it is, is a development. And that is, in general, I know what I'm saying here might be, might be very easily understood by anyone with a scientific bent, Unfortunately, we try to we fuse these people, and everything that they write becomes part of one big monolithic approach. So yes, there is a place where the Ramban and Chumash, he didn't mention it in his in his parish on his Sefer Mitzvahs, but he does mention it in his later work, possibly his penultimate the ultimate work that he wrote, which was his parish on Chumash. Okay, what does he say there? 
it's actually going to become very relevant soon. We're going to be coming up to the Yom Tovim. And one of the ways the Torah introduces the Yom Tovim Parshas Emor is with the Torah Mikroi Kodesh. So what does that mean? Sheyu biyom kulam kruim v'nesofim l'kadesh so the Ramban says. That means we're all called in a way, we're all in a way, we're, we're, we're called to come to God. Now, ki mitzvahu, ki mitzvahi, yal Yisrael, he kabetz bebeso Elohim biyom moed. Now, this doesn't mean the Beis HaMikdash. This means the Ramban assumes that there are places called Beis Elohim. Now, you hear about a place called Beis Elohim, you think it's a Jews for Jesus place, right? But Beis Elohim basically means a shul, right? A place where people come. The Ramban does not mean that it's a mitzvah on Yom Tov for everybody to come to the Beis HaMikdash. He would have said that. And what do you do on Yontif? Maybe not in the Yontif of COVID, but in the Yontif where there is no COVID, L'Kaddish Hayom B'Farhesya B'Tfilah, to actually sanctify the day with other people, with Tfilah, V'Halel, L'El. And you can't come in your shorts. You got to, well, and you got to come maybe in Eretz Yisrael in some places, I don't know. B'Ksus Nikiah. You have to come with what's considered, well, I'm not, I don't know if this is an example of it, but respectable clothing, the type of clothing that's special. And after that, after that's part of Mikroya Kodesh. Mikroya Kodesh is we start at the shul. And in the shul, we don't just say, how's it going? But the Ramban says, there's tefillah and halil. And then what happens is, velasas osoyo mishta. And then from the shul, it then proceeds to be a day of mishteh. Now, basically, therefore, he says the Pasuk Mikroi Kodesh means, what does the word mikra mean? Now, Bob, I know you appreciate this as someone who appreciates language. Meaning they're being called. They're called to assemble, right? Also the Pasuk in, Sh- in Shmuel Aleph. The Achrikein Yochul Hakruim, right? The people that have been called to be at Shoal's table. Um, the people that are called there, which means sham, the places that you, people are called there, that people should assemble. That's what it means, Mikroye Kodesh. Mikroye Kodesh means the invitations are sent out to special people to, and for everyone to come together for an important thing. The Ramban takes uh, uh, umbrance to Unkelis here. It says, Unkelis says it means, you know what Mikroye Kodesh means? It means a happening. Just like it says, uh, like, like, like Yaakov Avinu says to the brothers, What's going to happen to you? The Shorish is Mikra, Loshan Maora, an occurrence. Um, so, according to Unkelis, Mikra Kodesh means whenever that calendar day happens, 
Mikra, when that day occurs every year, Kodesh, make that day holy. Um, in fact, Ramban says, I know what Chazal say. Chazal say when on the Pasuk of Mikra Kodesh and Parshas Pinchas, they use another verb, ear aim. Let them be a happening of food and drink of Ksus Nikia. Meaning, don't let it just be a regular day on the calendar. Make it a happening of holiness and make it different by eating and drinking. And that is also Unkavos. So Unkavos and Chazal are the same, but the Ramban is going out on his own. Not like Chazal, not like Unkavos. To say Mikra Kodesh means a special gathering. And that gathering is a communal gathering. So it's not the individual tefillah, but it's the special sort of tefillah that can only happen with the energy of all of us together. And again, those of us, I'm not going to get on to a a commercial here or or something that isn't relevant to the material, but I do think many of us who are looking at COVID from our living rooms realize that, according to the Ramban, I'll say it in Yiddish, to svelt in Mikra Kodesh. In other words, part, it's, it's losing a little bit of Mikra Kodesh. Mikra Kodesh means you need to go to a shul. You need to go to a shul in order to daven on that yontif and to have and to give the yontif. That's how you signify the yontif. So that would be, if anything, of where the Ramban would say davening is from the Torah. Okay? It would be. Now, it's all part of the whole picture, but he does say that this is the mitzvah. Okay, so that is just to, to put it on the record. All right. Now, last week, if you remember, we spoke about um, uh, what, what are the consequences of the fact that tefillah might be menatora or might be menatora. What does it really make a big difference? Okay, so I want to show you uh, something which I think is really the meat of today's topic. The meat of today's topic is a hierarchy of place. And that hierarchy is determined by, it would seem, what you do in that place. I just showed you the Ramban about having special places to come to Davin on Yontif. Let's talk about places, well, let's talk about learning and see how it relates to Davening. So here's that same Ramban that we just spoke about who holds Tefillahs from the Torah. Here he is in Perik Zion, a Perik Vav, I'm sorry, of Hilchas Tefillah. So let's read it together. Okay, so let's see what's going on. Um, I've got to, I'm in the middle of learning, and now it's time to daven. Okay, now I'm not going to tell you like we saw last week from the Kesef Mishnah that he, he did his little morning davening. He didn't do any morning davening. There's no reason to assume the Rambam means that. The man has not yet davened today. He hasn't done tefillah yet. Okay? So if he's learning Torah, he stops his learning. But if Torah is his umnus. Now you've heard this statement before. <laughs> the Gemara refers to Rav Shimon Bar Yochai as the paradigm of And many of you might have an idea of how to translate that. And and the Rambam sort of says, He doesn't do any other work. Okay. 
Um, but that doesn't necessarily explain what the Rosu Nosa means. Now, many of you are saying, oh, yeah, the Rambam says every most most of the rabbis worked. Most of the rabbis had jobs. Most of the rabbis, like the Rambam talks about Hillel, who before he became the Nasi was a, uh, was, 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 used to chop wood and bring water and things like that. So the Rambam, as we know, says everybody should have some sort of a job. Nobody should just sit and be in Kolo and be, and be provided for. Okay, we'll talk about that perhaps a different time. But when the Rambam says that, doesn't mean that he, he, he right? The Rambam means here, not, not that he didn't do any work at all. Um, <laughs> I think what the Rambam means here is, is that, and again, we have to really understand this, is that his expertise was Torah. In other words, his craft was Torah. He was uh, uh, an artist of Torah. When, when I say an umman, it doesn't mean the Torah was his malacha. The Torah was his art. The Torah was his expertise. He's an umman. You can tell the difference between an umman and a non-umman, right? Um, there's many of you out there who know what I'm talking about, um, right? You know, my, my friend Dr. Gluck can look in somebody's teeth and say, these teeth were worked on by an umman. You can tell someone who really knows his, who, who's really a, a master in what he does. That's what the Rambam means. If a person is a master in Torah, and he doesn't do any malacha, and here he is learning, and... <laughs> right, Joe, it is true. You could definitely tell. And, and I can tell, you know, uh, when I go... Again, I wasn't such a big woman, but I can go into a kitchen when I was involved in kashras, and I can see... You know, okay, did they really kosher the stuff? What was going on over here? And you can tell when you had a real good Rabbi Machshir come by. Uh, again, you, everybody knows that. Everybody can tell. So Torosum also means somebody who really is solid. Okay. Now, he's sitting there and learning. Ain't no posek. Why? Why doesn't he stop? He's got a mitzvah in a Torah to serve God in a specific way. Because Torah is bigger than davening. The mitzvah of Talmud Torah is bigger than the mitzvah of tefillah. Okay. And therefore, as much as we extolled the Rambam last week, and how important it was, and two weeks ago, and, and, and we talked about um, the Rosh Hashulchan, Rav Kook, and others, about how essential it is as a human being, if you are this type of learner, you're doing something more. Now, um, the Rambam then adds, if you're Osik Betzorah Rabim, now again, this is a very dangerous Rambam. Uh, if you're Osik Betzorah Rabim, you're like Osik Betzorah, you don't have to dab. And then, which, which unfortunately leads, again, as Ramosha Feinstein and others have pointed out, when are you being Osik Betzorah Rabim or not? Obviously, you go back to the year of COVID, if you're, you're on the front lines, if you're called for medical emergency, you're helping people out in a hospital. Um, I don't think that's what the Rambam means, but you could say that's included in it. I think what the Rambam is talking about is, let's say, you know, you're, you're, you're there at the king's court, and, 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 and there, there's a decision that affects so many people. Um, so then you also do not have to stop what you're doing in order to daven. Now, I, I should mention here, the Rambam then uh, uh, appends this law with the next statement. Right after that, the very next halacha, he says, 
Eina mispaul mopsik tviloso, element nesakonus nefoshos bevad. If you're in the middle of davening, the only thing you even stop your davening for is you might die. The greatest sense of honor. And let's, let's talk about Chizkeo HaMelech. We're not talking about Donald Trump or somebody coming and asking you something. We're talking about a tzaddik, a melech, somebody who is a unique human being. And he didn't realize you're not davening. You're davening. That means, no, don't answer him. You're in the middle of davening to God. You're praying to God. You're speaking to God. Now, if, it's, if, if it is a, a Trump-like figure, uh, you know, or somebody like a Genghis Khan or someone like that, or, or somebody, you know, the Tsar Nicholas, whoever it is, whoever you want to imagine. So <laughs> then you should, Rambam says, because as the Gemara says, he doesn't understand what davening is. And even if you explain it later, you might die. However, the Rambam, the Rambam's not finished. He says, if you're in the middle of davening and you happen to notice when you stick your eyes up, uh-oh, here comes Genghis, here comes Nikolai, here comes Donald J. And and you see uh him coming <laughs> <Here comes Trump. laughs> and, and and you see him Bo Kenegdo. Um all right. So you got there. Just just finish diving quickly. Okay, you can't. You can't do that. Yapsik. All right. But basically finish your dominating. And even if you're, you're, you know, you're, you're taking a good summer trip to the mountains, you go into Arizona and you have your group there in your tent and you're enjoying your davening there. And what do you see? You see the, you, 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 you sense and see the hissing of, of the snakes and scorpions. So now if they're close to you and, uh, you know, the, the park ranger says, Watch out for those cobras, you know, they can really get to you, you know, and, you know, they can really, you know, more than just bite you. Yeah, they can put your venom in you, and, you know, and you ain't going to last. So, so what you should do, stop davening and run away. <laughs> but if that's not what they do, even though they're going to get close to you and they're going to slither around your arm, as the Gemara says, Karachalakebo, you don't stop davening. So the Rambam has really showed you davening is extremely important, but Torah cancels it. Now, the Rambam says you have to be Torosum Nosai. Now, that comes from the statement of Rabbi Yochanan, who was, of course, um, one of the greatest Rabbonim of the Amarom that we have. And uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, let's see if everybody's here, Rabbi Yochanan says that well, we're different. We are mavatal a lot of time anyway, so this halacha doesn't apply to us. So if Rabbi Yochanan said it, so I guess, you know, it doesn't apply to too many people. But the Rambam, despite the fact Rabbi Yochanan said it, and I'm going to say the Rambam thought Rabbi Yochanan was being an onov. <laughs> Rabbi Yochanan was saying, well, we, we were mavatal. Shemir Bar Yochai was different. The Rambam doesn't say that it isn't relevant. The Rambam admits, and this is, in one case, the Rambam is very different than, than many other Rishonim. The Rambam does not, uh, and this has a little something to do with what, you know, what we talk about sometimes. The Rambam does not believe in the concept of Yeridus Hadoros the way we do. Um, well, maybe you don't. 
But the Rambam does not uh, consistently say, well, Kavona doesn't apply today. We don't have people on this Madrega anymore. The Rambam says, yeah, you could have a person today who's the Rosum Nosoi. Okay. Um, now, the Beis Yosef, um, discussing this uh, halacha about who's potter from davening. He mentions, of course, uh, the source, uh, which is a Mishnah that says, we don't stop davening if you started to learn. And the Gemara does say, um, it's a b'risa, chaveirim, and chaveirim is not, you know, seems to be a group. And that Rabbi Yochanan says, as I just mentioned a minute ago, that's from Shimon Bar Yochai and his group of chaveirim. But we stop for Kriyashma and for Tefillah. Okay. So that is, uh, however, the Rambam does, you know, okay. okay. Now, um, the Beis Yosef quotes Iran. Um, now, again, we'll, get, we'll have Shiurim on who the Rishonim are at a different time. Uh, um, the Ran uh, quotes, uh, Rabbeinu Nisim quotes the Balamor, Rabbi Zerach Yalevi, that uh, this idea that we let you just not daven is even if there's no time to daven. That by your learning, you are not going to daven at all today. That's the idea of what it is. It isn't just which comes first. It's the fact that learning cancels out davening for you. Um, now, still, it's only Shimon Bar Yochai and his ilk that have such a level. But then the Ran says the following. Rabbi Yosef quotes it. But let's say there's enough time. Okay? Zman Tfila. Zman Tfila is, of course, to the end of the fourth hour, right? That's what Zman Tfila. So we're getting very close. Around 10 o'clock, it's coming up. Yeah, I don't know. About 10 o'clock is the end of Zman Tfila. So if you're learning, you, according to the Ran, you don't have to, I'm learning now. I don't have to go to Shul. I'm learning. He says, if, if you can daven after you finish learning, keep on learning. You don't have to be Shimon Bar Yochai. Okay? So in other words, Shimon Bar Yochai and his group were not even going to daven at all today. They were just going to miss davening altogether, and the Rambam sanctions that. The Gemara sanctions it. But now, the Shulchan Aruch, well, you're going to see in the Shulchan Aruch, basically, but it, it, it starts with this Rishon, the Ran, who says that all of us, even if we're not Bar Yochais, if we can, if we're in the middle of learning, learning comes first. You daven afterwards. Is it also to learn? Is it also for an average person to, to, to do his learning first? Okay. Next. Um, the Ramah on the Beis Yosef, okay, you know, I once heard from, um, you know, from uh, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky that how do you know when the periods, I heard this from his mouth directly. Um, he, he was in Miami and he stayed there a lot in the winter and he would come to the yeshiva every day 
and uh, we we had Mlova Malkas with him, and um, he's a very wonderful, wonderful, approachable, incredible human being. But I heard Rabbi Yaakov say, how do we know that the periods of Rishonim and Achronim, what separates them? Like, how do we understand, uh, like, now is the, you're not a Rishon anymore, you're just an Achron, right? And I'll tell you, well, it's in the Rishonim, right? So I'll, I'll tell you, there's a Machlokas, the Ran, who's one of the later Rishonim, with the Rambam. And you'll say, okay, that's a good Machlokas. But then I'll tell you there's a machlokas, the Rambam and the Mogan Avram. That's not a machlokas. That's a machlokas, a Rishon and an Achram. That does, oh, you can't say that, right? I, it could be the Ragachover. It could be Raki Vager. It could be the most brilliant Achron in the world. But no, 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 we don't have a machlokas. Well, again, the Vilna Gon gave a certain path where you could have a machlokas, Rishon and Achram. But generally, we don't have such things. It's not usually acceptable. Again, there are important exceptions based in certain situations, but how do we know what the line of demarcation is? So Yaakov Kamnetsky said, the line of demarcation is, you can see it in history. He says, we see that Rafshlom Aluria, Rav Moshe Israelis, and Rav Yosef Cairo, in three different places, all came up with the same idea that we need to... Um, we need to streamline and edit and come up with a code because the halachas become so unwieldy. When you see that similarity break out, you realize, and by these, these, these men that are the leaders, you realize that the period has ended, the old period has ended. When you see, so Israelis had the same idea of writing a, uh, a, a, a definitive um, codification of, of all Jewish law. Now, he didn't, and when he realized that someone had beaten him to the punch, he did what any great man does. I, I'm going to join you. I'm not going to write my own separate book. Now, his first cousin, Shlomo Luria, decided to write a whole different type of book, and I've talked about that in different classes. But Yaakov says, this is where you see the Achronim begin. And Dark Moshe is um, Rabbi Yosef Cairo's um, helping book. And of course, he repeated a similar thing in the Shulchan Aruch, writing something called the Mapa, which is the covering of the table. In, in the tour, it's called Dark Moshe, which is, um, you know, uh, additions to the great work of the Beis Yosef. He wanted to do like a Beis Yosef type work. He decided to add little notes to it instead. So this is his little note. So he writes, he says the Beis Yosef already wrote in Simonian that someone who's teaching Torah to Rabbim ain't no mafsik l'kriyashma, rison levad. But it's only, of course, if... It's only, of course, yes, Dali. It's only, of course, if through that you would not be able to get everybody to learn with you. Avil and Lilius Batli, you have to stop. Now, I want to explain what I just read. We now have another heter. You don't have to be Shimon Bar Yochai. If you are teaching Torah to a group of people, you are uh, a, um, uh, a, a, you're on a college campus. And the only time these kids can show up before 
their first class is at seven and you've got to learn with them. And by doing that, you're going to miss Zman and you're not going to be able to daven properly. You can, you should, you should keep on learning because these kids are not going to come back to you later. They have to go to class and then they're going to go to another class. This is the only time that you can get these kids. You're not Shimon Bar Yochai. You're not Rabbi Yochanan. You're just a Torah teacher and you've got a whole group of kids that you're studying Torah with. You do not have to daven and they don't have to daven either (laughs) because otherwise the learning isn't going to happen. That is what the Ramah writes quoting the Beis Yosef himself in Simonayan. And, um, yeah, and this is, and, he, and, and the Beis Yosef is based on the Rosh. <laughs> the Beis Yosef didn't make it up. The Beis Yosef says, why was it that there's a discussion about Yehuda Hanasi, the great teacher of Klal Yisrael, whether in the middle of Shear, we all know he's, he put his hand on his head, face and he connected something in the Shear to Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim to be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Kriyashma. So um, his question is, why did he just say Shema, the Rosh asks? Why didn't Shimon Bar- why did Rabbi Nasi not just say the whole three paragraphs? He should have said Talmidim, we're going to say, like the mitzvah of saying Kriyashma, let's say all three chapters. Because we know before, Torah Naso, you stop for Kriyashma, and, and that means all three chapters. It doesn't just mean to say Shema. So the Rosh says, Hani Mile Adam Halome Levado. If you're learning by yourself, so even though it said Shim, even though it said Shimon ben Yochai v'chaverov, it meant they were all learning in separate corners. He wasn't the teacher to them, but any person who's teaching Barabim shouldn't stop. Now, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, who this is the Ramah quoted him, says the tour, the Russia's son, does not mention this halacha uh, because basically. Um, he should have. Look what Yosef Kaira writes. So somebody who's teaching Torah Barabim just does like Rebbe. One, he does, and davening doesn't have to do. Now, um, now, Goodbye, dollars. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, so there we see, my friends, something very strange, which seems to show us that um, basically, tefillah is totally secondary to learning, <laughs> not just for great men. But for anybody who's teaching, and, and that is the way it says in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah writes in Shulchan Aruch and Simon Kovbov, if you are teaching other people, you don't stop. And, and, and if you have enough time to daven, even if you're not a teacher, 
you do not have to go to shul. <laughs> well, yeah, well, if you're not, you could just keep on learning. What is going on here? Now, the poskim after the Shulchan Aruch codify this as well. Um, the Alter Rebbe and his, uh, his, um, skipping a little bit here. Shulchan Aruch Harav? Shulchan Aruch Harav, yes. Um, and he deals with this point, and mo- many of you might be asking, wait a minute, Tfil is a mitzvah. Maybe it's Minatara, maybe it's Midarabanan, but you're telling me we've got three cases of people who basically, well, two cases of people don't daven. There's people like Shimon Bar Yochai or anybody who's teaching Torah Barabim pretty much didn't daven that day. Um, now, the Alta Rebbe asks, the Shulchan Archarab of Shner Zalman asks, well, don't you have to start, stop your learning to do mitzvos? I mean, the Gemara speaks about the fact that a person can't just sit and learn. It's got to do mitzvos as well, especially if the mitzvos come up, right? You can't just learn, oh, I'm not going to do lulav and estro. We talked about that last week. That was one of the proofs the Ramban had was that if a person... Uh, stops his meal to shake the lulav. Well, you think if, he's, if a person is, is, is not going to shake the lulav because he's davening, or because he's learning? Um, so, um, how can it be that davening gets shunted to the side? So the, 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 the first Lubavitch Rebbe writing, Shulchan Aruch HaRav, says, because now we're going to measure what these two things are. Tzfilah, as much as of it is a mitzvah, even if it's a mitzvah from the Torah. Because remember, the Alter Rebbe is trying to explain the Rambam as well. The Rambam codifies this as, in terms of Shimon Bar Yochai. Okay, the Rambam doesn't mention uh, the idea of teaching Torah Barab. He doesn't mention that. But the Rosh has a good proof. Uh, it, it, the Gemara does mention that, and according to the Rambam, you know, what's going on. So here the Alter Rebbe says, well, tefillah is basically bakoshas rachamin. You want God to help you with things in this world. So therefore, ein olam <laughs> How can you leave the, the, the eternal world and deal with things like this, which are so small and insignificant. Okay? Now, where did the, Ram, where did the Alter Rebbe get that language from? He got that language from a Gemara in Shabbos. Um, I'm not sure if I did this with you last week or not. Uh, Rava, who I always call the King of Shas, Chazer of Amnuna de Kamarach Amnuna, who spent a long time davening. You would think it's great. You know, uh, when I when I think about boys for uh, my daughter, um, or maybe when you think about girls for your son, how do they daven, right? Do they daven good long davenings, or they they really have kavana when they daven? 
right? It's always a good thing to think about. It's not the most important thing, perhaps, but I think it definitely shows a lot about a person. So Rav Amnuna was a person who spent a long time dominating. So Rav said, and Rashi says, what does that mean? The guy should be learning. I'm giving a shear now. Okay, I know what he's davening for. For Rufuah, for Shalom, for Mizonos. I mean, those three are three of the biggest things you can think about. But that's still called Chaye Shah. That just makes life in this world better. This is eternal life. He's in a different world now when he's learning. He's, he's with God in a way that he's greater than he, davening is, is asking about these things. As much as you're talking to the creator who created the world, um, it's different. Now, what are Ramunin? I think Ramunin felt, well, there's times for one, times for the other. Um, the Gemara then talks about Rav Yirmiya. That Rav Yirmiya, who was the, one of the greatest Tamina Chachamim that we know, a brilliant man, always asking these incredible questions. Rav Yirmiya said, um, Rav Yirmiya uh, was, was in front of Rav Zeira, um, and they were learning. And, and what happened? Noga Litzliyei. Okay, it was time to daven. Vavikom Misaragev Rav Yirmiya. So if Yermi was like getting up and like shuffling his papers and saying, okay, I got to go, got to go and daven. And Reb Zeyra said to him, Reb Zeyra was a tzaddik. Reb Zeyra was known for his tzidkus. He was one of the, the, the stories about his anivus and how he fasted and all his chasadim. And he, 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 he blambasted Reb Zeyra. He said, Meiser Osno Mishmoye Taira. The Postic says, if a person doesn't want to hear Torah, his tefillah is an abomination. Wow. He just wanted to go daven. Okay. So the, here you see um, the principle of Chaye Olam. Now, the Alter Rebbe says, look, I'll admit, we do stop uh, because we mavatal a lot. <clears throat> But, once again, he says clearly, he paskins what we saw in the Ramah. If you're teaching other people, and if they're not going to be ready, all those college kids, you won't be able to get them afterwards. Don't stop. Keep on learning, even though you don't, even the Yavar's Mantvila. Okay, Kriya Shema, you say one Pasek. Okay. And then he says, if you're learning by yourself, once again, you have a right to learn, even though it's time for davening, and maybe you shouldn't have started. <laughs> what were you doing starting to learn? Shouldn't you, you're at home, shouldn't you daven as soon as you wake up, as soon as you're able to? You shouldn't have started to learn. You should have really started to daven. But once you're involved in learning, um, and you don't have a, even though normally, in other words, okay, the Alter Rebbe is, if you're reading the, the, the page here on the screen, the Alter Rebbe is talking about if you do have a, a, a minion that you always go to, and a minion kavu and shul, you can definitely learn before davening, even in your house, and then go to shul. Um, you remember, Joe, we had that, that Seder uh, before uh, the minion, I think it was, uh, on Shabbos morning. So that's okay to do that. Because you know you're going to go to shul afterwards, but let's say um, you don't know you don't have a shul to go to. It's you should daven as soon as possible. 
So you really shouldn't have started to learn. But once you start, now to Rebbe Paskins, you can keep on learning. Now, that is the psak of the, of the Shulchan Aruch Harad. I don't want to make too much out of this, but the Mishnah Burr was not happy with the forcefulness of this truth that the Shulchan Aruch Harab says. Uh, I mentioned last week, remember, I said the Mishnah Burr was built on the Prima Godim and the Shulchan Aruch Harab. You can see here that he basically paraphrased the Shulchan Aruch Harab, but he changes some things, the Mishnah Burr does. He says, um, First of all, he says, when he explains the kasha, what's the kasha? How can Shimmer by Yochai and others not daven? So he says, even though you have to stop, and then the Mishra adds, because someone who learns and doesn't fulfill, it's better that he wasn't created. This is this phrase I, I, I underlined is an insertion the Mishnah Burra put into the paraphrase of the Alta Rebbe. Because he's really says, and of course, you should realize that it's better that you weren't born if you just learn and you don't fulfill. But he says, He leaves out all that stuff about Olam Hazet and how Torah is Chay the, the Mishnah Bura has cheated here a little because he does not want to put those words in there. He does not want the Mishnah Bura to have those words in there that davening is only about this world and the Torah is Chaye Olam. It's in the Gemara, but he did, he edits, he edits it out. He's, he's basically, as you can see, the phrase is clearly lifted from the Shulchan Aruch Harav, and yet he says, all it is is Bakoshas Rachamim, and therefore, it's weaker than other mitzvahs. Doesn't, that's not what the Alter Rebbe said. And that's not really what the Alter Rebbe says. No, it's weaker than Torah. <laughs> In other words, kilomishar <laughs> mitzvos. This, again, I, 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 the Chavetz Chaim is, 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 is the greatest. But here, the Chavetz Chaim himself has done something which you might call political. He did not want to have that phrase in there. Davening. Yes, uh, basically davening is weaker than other mitzvos for people like them that never stop learning. Okay. Not that davening is inherently less than learning. Um, now, he mentions that, um, that, remember we talked about if somebody is teaching that even though it's Yavrzman Tvila, well, you saw that in the Alter Rebbe, and he says clearly, he, he says, even though it's going to be Yavrzman Kriyashma, and that is what the Alter Rebbe writes, the Chosid, and now he quotes the Vilna Gon student, the Chayodam. The Chayodam says, the Bechol Gavne Posekim Yavrzman Hatfila. The Chayodam says, no, 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 no. If you are teaching and you are going to miss davening, you stop. I don't care if it's Torah the Rabbin. All right. Um, so the Chayodam is really against the the simple understanding of the Rosh that we saw. The Alter Rebbe is much yeah. The Rosh doesn't make any distinction from that. And neither did the Ramah. But again, 
the Chayodam is, 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 says, wait, wait, wait. You're going to tell me that some Torah teacher who's not even a, a great Talmud Chacham, he's got a bunch of people he's learning with, can learn with these guys, and they're going to miss davening? No, no, no. So the Chayodim disagrees. The Mishabur knows that, 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 that he's a, a voice, a single voice in that, but he writes, he puts him in his book for you to hear that. And then he adds something totally out of left field. From the Rokeach. I didn't. I, I did not trace this. I didn't trace this down, but he says someone who is learning, and because of his learning, even though he's been learning with people all day, the man is a learning machine. He's got students from six in the morning to six at night. Everybody's coming in. Everyone wants to study with him. He has got knowledge. He is unstoppable. The Rokeach says such a person. It's as if he didn't learn. And then he quotes the Elio Rabba, uh, quoting a, a Tosfus as well. So, um, that also to be machmer in such a case. So basically, what I'm showing you is the clear reading of the sources, the Gemara, the Rambam, the Rosh, the Ran, are that davening takes a backseat and is sometimes eliminated altogether because of learning, all right? There are attempts by the, the Mishnah Bura, uh, and he does do what he, what he can to neutralize the radical aspect of this statement, but here it is. And, and I think even with what the Mishnah Bura does, and, and again, I'm going to skip some of the stuff here, clearly this did not sit well with everyone. Um, but it is out there, and I think it represents the truth. And even though, again, the Elio Rabbah and other Achronim, the Chayodam, all of them are well-intentioned, and all of them could probably bring proofs to their approach, which I do not believe is justified. Although, you know, again, obviously you can't just play fast and loose. Now, it isn't surprising then that we find this halacha in the Rambam. Beis HaMedrash Godol Mi Beis HaKnesses. That a Beis HaMedrash is greater than a Beis HaKnesses. V'chachamim gedolim Afapi shohoyulohem be'iram batei knesios harve Great chachamim who had many beautiful shuls and you're going to assume here that those shuls had a lot more people in it too. They would only daven in a place where they would learn. This is an interesting phrase. I'm going to just learn it, although it's awkward. It means you have a tzibur of people with you. Um... It's a little bit awkward because you have, I guess, just 10 people there. Now, based on what we said before, um, they are chachamim, but they're not terosum nason. So they are davening, but they're davening where they're learning. In other words, in this hierarchy, the hierarchy that we spelled out, which is Torah trumps davening, also means davening 
is, 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 is subservient to Torah. Davening is subservient to Torah in that way, that if you're looking for a place to daven, the place you're going to daven is a small, a smaller group of people in a base medrash. That's where you're going to daven. You're going to daven in a base medrash. Okay. Now, having a shul is very important, the Rambam says. Having a base haknesis is important. In fact, you have 10 Jews. I don't know. In the world of COVID, you're probably going to have people wanting to move a lot of small places, right? Let's say people say, you know what? Look at the way the COVID spread in in West Rogers Park, how it spread in Crown Heights, how it spread in, 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 in areas in Lakewood. You know what we need? Let's just get a bunch, let's just get 10, 12 families and move to Naperville, right? Got everything you need over there. Okay, we got 10 Jews, but they've got to get a place. She with Okay, maybe it's a storefront. There's got to be a house that they could go to and doesn't have to, doesn't have to have a fancy aura like Bob, the Anshasfard in Memphis, where you opened when it was first built, when you open the Aron, you have, it's like the, it's a big shin. And when you open it up, the, the shin comes apart and you see waves of water as if it's the, it's Kriyas Yamsu. And you don't need a shul that looks like that. You probably shouldn't have a shul that looks like that. But anyway, you don't need a special giant building. You just need a place that everybody goes to. That's called the Beis HaKnesses. Now, if there isn't such a place, and obviously you don't want to rent, um, you everybody who's part of this new Naperville, probably Naperville probably has a, a conservative show, but let's say someplace where there aren't any Jews yet. So you force all of them to build the show. And everybody's got to pay for it. And it's got to have Svarim in it too. Hopefully a Rambam. He doesn't mention that, but I'm sure he wanted one. Now, the Rambam in the same parak says that a Besaknesis, even if it is destroyed, even if a wrecking ball comes, marauders come, burn the thing down, there's a Kedusha in the Besaknesis and the Besamedrish. So there's a Kedusha in these places. You must make one. And once you have one, they get a holiness. How do you know the Kedusha is so strong it can resist that being destroyed? Let me explain this a little bit better. The Rambam says, even if all it is is a place that's in shambles, and it would take more money to fix it than to build a new one, there's still a Kedusha in that place. And the Rambam says, where does it come from, Shanemar? The Pasuk says in the Tochokha, in Parshas B'chukosai, V'hashemosi es mikdashechem, which means, I will make, um, I will make desolate your holy places. So the Chazal, and the Rambam is ascribing to this Chazal, meaning the place is still holy, is just desolate. Doesn't say I'm going to destroy it, I'm going to make it desolate, and it's still a mikdash. 
It's empty, nobody's there. It's just, a, there's bricks and mortar and stuff just all over the place. They're still holy, but Tushasa ain't owned it. And you have to have cover to it. Now, the Rambam then says, Mutter la'asos beis ha'knesses beis ha'medrash. Let's say you decide you're going to uh, turn your beis ha'knesses to a beis ha'medrash. Meaning, now, does that mean people are going to be davening there? Doesn't sound like it. It sounds a lot, well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. The point is, the main purpose of it is for people to have a place to study. The Beis HaMedrash, though, you cannot change it. Why? The holiness of a Beis HaKnesses is greater. Sorry, Beis HaMedrash is greater. This is a principle that is from the Torah. Something can only go up in holiness. It cannot go down. So look what the Rambam wrote. If you take a place that's meant for learning and say, you know what? We're just going to be davening here. And you're not going to have the yeshiva in there. The Seder isn't going to go on there. People just show up at the davening time. You can't do that. It's usher to do that. You violate a Torah principle by doing that. Now, Rabbi Kivalevich? Yes. Isn't there a, a specific uh, Gomorrah somewhere that says, uh, you can't um, uh, sell a base medrash uh, to make a shul out of it? Isn't that is a, what the Rambam is quoting. The Rambam is based on that Gemara and Megillah. Okay. Yes, Bob. That is what he means. And, and okay. you're right. And it's the, same, uh, it's the same principle, Bob, which is you can't turn it into one and you can't sell your base medrash to get money to buy a base akhesis. It's the same. It's the same principle. Now, all right. I promised you a little bit of Rav Salvechik. I'm going to give you a, a couple of minutes of Rav Salvechik now. Rav Salvechik says that, and um, I'm going to be skipped. Uh, these are the Gemaras Rav Salvechik is built on. The okay. I'm going to find Rav Salvechik's point here. Um, and uh, here we go. Rosavechik makes the following point. There exists a machlokus between the Rambam and the Ramban as to two things that we mentioned today. One of them is, what is the Kedusha of a Beisach Nessus? The other one might be a little more interesting to you. I'm going to talk about both of them, and I'm going to set the table. The first thing the Rambam says is, Mitzvah says, bias la Hashem. 
Muchan lios makrimim boar karbonos. There's a mitzvah say to make a house for God, and the purpose of that house is to have karbonos there. Avoda has to be there. The avoda of karbonos. Also, humans, people show up there, like we saw, we started this, this year tonight with the, the, the shuls. People come there with their karbonos and bring their karbonos three times a year. That's what the Pasuk of Osli Mikdash means. The purpose of Mbesa Mikdash is a place of avoda, a place to do korbanos. The Ramban says the purpose of the Mishkan and the Mikdash was something else. The purpose was, as he writes in the beginning of Parshas Truma, a very long piece of Ramban, those you I think are very, right? But here it is. Because they had come from Harsinai, where God spoke to them through Moshe, Basically, what is the Mishkan? What is the Beis HaMikdash? A place for the Shechina that God could continue to relate to the Jewish people through the Oron and Moshe would get the Torah there. That's why the Aron is the most important thing in the Mishkan. Everything else is secondary. The sod of the Mishkan, as the Ramban says, is that the Shechina on Har Sinai was there benistar, was there in a uh, in a in a in a less apparent way. Meaning, just and the Ramban proves it. We don't have time to go through all his proofs. But the Ramban shows a plethora of similar phraseologies from the, 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 the events at Harsinai to the way the Mishkan was built and developed. It's all about the glory of God resting in that place. It's all about the fact, and as the Torah writes, the reason why you had the Mishkan was for Moshe to hear God speaking to him from the Kaporis, Mibain Shneak Kruvim. That is the purpose of having the Mikdash as well, is somehow, although you didn't have a Moshe Rabbeinu, somehow the Shechina, as, as, as the Ramban says, as Shlomo said, hears everything. God hears the Tfilos and the Korbonos. It's because it's a Mokom Shechina. And somehow it is the key to connecting to God. In the Mishkan, when you had a Moshe Rabbeinu, you had the active Torah happening. So it was clear that this was the place that God continued the Sinai experience. But even post Moshe Rabbeinu, the time of the Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash, there was a, 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 in a sense, a continuation of that inherent connection that was developed at Har Sinai. And the Anon that was there, the the Kruvim that were there, it still, in a sense, was working to generate the Shechina, even when, or the Shechina coursing through there, even when the Aron was missing, 
in the time of the second base Hamikdash. Rav Salvechik says, you see here a fundamental debate as to the purpose of the Mishkan. Now, if this is true, Rav Salvechik reasons, he therefore says there should also be a debate as to which building, which base Elohim is more like the base Hamikdash, the base Haknesses, or the base Hamedrash. According to the Ramban, it would be the Beis HaMedrash. Why? Because that's where Torah is happening. That's where the sense of speaking from the Kruvim. You have, if you think about the, the great yeshivas, Yavne, Pompadisa, Sura, right? You think about Narada, you think about, let's say, Lakewood, you think about Ponovich, you think about Slavotka, you think about the yeshivas Voloshin, you think about those places, incredible Tyra was going on there, and therefore they would be more similar to the Ramban's idea of what the Shmbesamitosh's purpose was. The main thing was the Torah that could permeate the mind of God, the will of God, the Torah of God, the way it was worked on, connected to, and influenced people. That was the, that was the prime objective. And therefore, we don't have a Beis HaMikdash. We don't have a Mishkan or a Beis HaMikdash. The building that most approximates it of salvagic reasons in the Ramban's mind would be a Beis HaMedrash. Whereas according to the Rambam, the building that most approximates it would be what? A place where you do avoda, right? Avoda is davening, right? Remember, that's the yichud of avoda shebelev. There Rav Salvechik says that's korbanos. We don't have korbanos. Nishalom parim svaseinu. Nishalom parim svaseinu. That we don't have the, the bulls that, that are the carbon, but we have instead are our lips of avoda. So therefore, the Beis HaKnesses, a place that's meyuchad for davening, for tfilos, that is more what the Beis HaMikdash was, a place that's muchan for korbanos. This is Rav Salvechik's one machlokas. Then he has another machlokas. The other machlokas has to do with the following, and I'm just going to point out the two areas of debate. This is one of them. Now you realize um, that if this, if Rav Salvechik is correct, we've got a problem. Because the Rambam said the Beis HaMedrash is more Choshev than the Beis HaKnesses, remember? The Rambam says that the Beis HaMedrash is holier. It would seem to go against the Rambam's own philosophy of what makes a place a place. If we assume the Beis HaMikdosh, like the Mishnah and Kalim says, was the holiest of the holy, the, the, of the 10 aspects of holiness that the Beis HaMikdosh and then the Kodesh HaKdoshim within there, that the Beis HaMikdosh represents the great definitions of what's holy, then a Beis HaKnesseh should be, have more Kedusha than a Beis HaMedrash. Now, the other point that he feels there's a Machlokas is in this. The Rambam writes in Sefer Mitzvahs and in the Mishnah Torah, I didn't have time to put that at time, but I wasn't able to. Uh, the Rambam says that there's an, uh, there's an Avera of 
destroying places of Avodas Hashem. Chipping away or breaking any of the places of Avodas Hashem is Aser. Or ripping a safer is Aser. And that's from the Pasuk and Re'eh, will sasen kein l'ashem alokeichem. This, this Rav Salvechik says, shows you that the building, he says, bote avodas ha'el, that's a Beis HaKnesses. The Rambam feels that the Beis HaKnesses has a etzim kedusha in it. The building, the bricks, <laughs> are invested with a holiness. It's not just, hey, we're going to dive in here. Once that place is chosen, and especially if it's built, it's rented, maybe you could... It has a Kedusha Saguf, which means if you smash it, if you break it, you are over an Avera. And therefore, you have to be very careful about how you add to a shul or break a wall or do anything, according to the Rambam. Because breaking parts of the shul is a violation of a, of a losase from the Torah. It has a kedusha from the Torah. The Ramban, on the other hand, says differently. Now, Bob, remember what you asked me before about selling a shul? Remember? The, the Ramban says, if something has a kedusha be'etzim, you cannot sell it. Okay, a carbon that doesn't have a mum on it needs to go to the mizbeach. You cannot take a kedusha off of it. If the carbon has a blemish that makes it impossible to use, then that carbon can now go through a process, and even that process is very special. Whereas a um, uh, the Mishnah and, and, and Megillah that Bob mentioned a couple of minutes ago talks about selling a shul. How can you sell it, the Ramban says? How are you able to sell something, if the Rambam is right, how could you sell something that has Kedusha Be'etzim in it? If something's Be'etzim Kodesh, you can't sell something. It doesn't work that way. So therefore, the Ramban says, that there is a, a shul, listen to what I'm going to say, and I'm going to end with this. The Ramban says that a shul is like a lulav and an esrog. It's a, it is something very important to fulfill the rabbinical mitzvah, sometimes from the Torah, like on Rosh Hashanah and when it's Mikroya Kodesh, and that's the building. But where you don't want to use it, just like your lulav, you can... It's it, maybe you shouldn't use it as a, 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 a broom, but a lulav loses its kedusha after the mitzvah. The sukkah walls lose their kedusha after sukkahs. The, the 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 decorations. A shul is only a shul as long as the people in town want it to be that way. But if everybody in the city says we don't need this building. We've got a better building coming up, then that means the shul loses its kedusha, and you can sell it. And like the Gemara says, it can become a place to drink beer. 
These are two fundamental areas of machlokas that Rav Salvatric points out between the Rambam and the Ramban. The Rambam feels that a shul is like the Beis HaMikdash and also has a Kedusha Be'etzim. The Ramban, on the other hand, feels and says it, that a shul is to do the mitzvah of davening. If you want something like the Beis HaMikdash, you're going to find it in the, in the Beis HaMedrash. That's where you have that. Um, and it, remember what we had in the Beis HaMikdash. We had the Sanhedrin. That's where they were, in that spot. That was a Mokom HaKudosh for Torah, for Hiro. Also, in terms of what is the Kedusha of a Shul? According to the Ramban, it's only like a lulav. And when it's time to move on, you move on. There's a procedure, but you can walk away. According to the Rambam, it would seem that there's a very big difficulty because the Kedusha is in the building. How can you just decide to take that Kedusha off? It would seem that it would be impossible to do that. So in our hierarchy of place, I think we've established here that point. Um, okay. So we're going to, we're going to. I have a question. Um, Go ahead. The, oh, okay. I, uh, the, the learning of Torah is the mitzvah that's uh, not related to time. Does it doche the mitzvah of davening because that's, if it's time, more time related than learning? Is it, is it, does it, is it considered higher in a hierarchy of mitzvot? The opposite is no such thing. It's a question. Okay. So I'm going to answer. Dr. Kogan is saying we learned today about how if people are studying Torah, they do not do certain mitzvot. The mitzvah we were talking about was davening, was the mitzvah of Vodas Hashem. Dr. Kogan thought that maybe um, maybe the reason is is because it, it only happens at certain times and Torah is continuous. And because it's continuous, it's a more powerful mitzvah. That was what Dr. Kogan's theory is. Okay? I don't know. It's a question. <laughs> okay. That's Dr. Kogan's theory. All right. The answer to Dr. Kogan's question is that it's actually the reverse. Where you have a mitzvah that's specifically connected to time, and if that time passes, the mitzvah will not be able to be fulfilled, you stop learning in order to fulfill that mitzvah. Okay? Um, In almost every other case, learning is set aside in order for the mitzvah to be fulfilled. That's the way it is with reading the Megillah. That's the way it is with hearing shofar. Otherwise, Dr. Kogan, you don't have any mitzvahs being done. You have a group of people like Shimon Bar Yochai and others who are professionals, artists, excellent in their job, who won't do any mitzvahs. And obviously, as we saw, the Mishnah Bura was very angry about it. Noach lo shalom nivra. How can someone just sit and learn and not do any mitzvahs? The whole idea of mitzvahs especially most of what learning is, is about what the mitzvahs are about, right? <laughs> learning is about figuring out what the mitzvahs mean. 
So here you are learning about it, and now you have a chance to fulfill it, and you're not doing it? So if anything, Dr. Kogan, but, but if, the, if anything, the fact that it's but, time but the, for... But uh, Rabbi Kivlitch, does this mean that the Rambam is correct? I think what this means, Dr. Kogan, is that davening, tefillah, is a different animal. Tefillah is not, and, and the Alta Rebbe was out there telling you what the answer was. That tefillah versus Torah is somehow, uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's like the Globetrotters versus the, the Washington, uh, what were they called again? The Washington... Uh, Nationals? What did they call the team that used to play the Globetrotters? Capitals? The Capitals, Capitals. right. Right. Remember? The Globetrotters, they had to play somebody. So that's what it's like when we talk about Torah and Tefillah. Okay? Now, I'm spoiling it for next week. I know Salvechik, actually, I didn't get to it, and obviously because I spent so much time doing my own stuff today. But Rav Salvechik actually, uh, and many of you might have heard this already, wants to say that Torah is really a form of tefillah. That tefillah and Torah are really the same thing, in a way. And that tefillah is really a kiyum, Torah is a kiyum in tefillah. Now, this is one of the things that, remember how I started today's class, and I'm going to put this up as an afterword. Remember when I started this class saying, Salvechik said it. This is one of the most radical things you're ever going to hear. That when you learn Torah, it's as if you're davening. Now, Rav Salvechik loved, believed in davening. He didn't think you should just learn and not daven. But what he does say is, is that a place, when you a person is learning, and a person is learning in the middle of the night, and a person is doing that learning, he, in a way, is fulfilling an avodas Hashem, which is as great and actually melds together with davening. In fact, the greatest davening you can do is a davening that starts with Torah. That learning Torah isn't just a way to make your davening better. It, it's all part of the kiyom of avodas Hashem. Avodas and and, and he and and. and where does he get this from? Well, he has a number of clues, but his biggest clue was my problem from the last two weeks. Remember that safre that says, La'ovdo zu, zu Talmud? That safre is Rav Salvechik's holy grail. And he says, you see, that despite the mitzvah of learning Torah, of, of knowing, Torah is the ultimate way, and it melds together with davening. And that's why he says you should daven in a base medrash, a yeshiva, because your davening is going to be on the heels of your learning. It's going to be the ultimate of avodas Hashem. Because all that learning you did, all that learning you did in the morning seder and everything, it was all an avodas Hashem. In fact, Rav Salvechik says, you think, you think God needs to hear your your kvetching? You think God needs? I, I can show it to you next time. But I, you think God needs uh, to hear? 
a person's kvetching over. God knows why. He says, you don't, God does not need to hear you cry about your sick child. You definitely become closer to God by telling God about your sick child. But God knows it. But when you learn, you are accomplishing the same thing. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I just need to say that if you think about Kabbalistically speaking, that learning, because it's intellectual, to intellectually have a relationship with Hashem is higher than the emotional prayer. That's emotional relationship. So maybe he's somehow based on Kabbalistic ideas. Yes. So that prayer, I, I don't think it's that radical. I think it's, it is okay. also really by learning the Torah. It's, yeah. Uh, you, you look at the Sefirot. Okay, you are correct that it does sound Kabbalistic. And you're right, it is, but it's still radical. It, it, it's, you're right, Dr. Kogan. It is a very, uh, <laughs> we do find parallels to this idea. And we, in fact, they're in a footnote. Somebody, I don't know if it was Rav Salvatore or one of them, I mean, does speculate that one is the avoda with the heart and the other is avoda more with the mind together with the heart or with the neshama. And, but Salvatore does say that it's all about closeness to God and obviously somebody who's thinking about how to put up an, what are the halachas of lechi and an eruv and what does pigel mean? And, and, and what's the lumdus behind Ashavas Aveda? And how does the law of Shatnas work? When a person is thinking about these speculatory things and thinking about the conceptually trying to make sense of these mitzvos, he in a way is bonding and loving and singing to God and spreading his heart out to God as, as, as strongly as any other person who's davening. That is what Rav Salvechik says. We can talk about it more next time. But this is basically what Rav Salvechik says. I, 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 I think the ultimate... Go ahead. Rebbe says that, 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 the says that the Torah is the Hakma of, of Hashem. And that's, of course, the closest way to become close to someone is understanding their Hakma. So it's, I think it's a similar idea if I'm... Mm-hmm. No, you're representing you're, you're correct, and the Alta Reb is also based on the idea of what Limit Atayra does. That Limit Atayra is the ultimate dveikus to Hashem, um, and right. But th- that same Alta Reb, mm-hmm. we saw him today in the Shulchan Aruch write it very pshat. Right? <laughs> he didn't say he could have said yeah. simply this. The reason why you don't stop learning to daven is because you're doing Avodah Hashem. In other words, I'm doing the mitzvah even better, right? That's what he should say, right? He doesn't say that. He says, and could be he's couching it and writing it in terms that even misnagdim and non-Hasidic people and non-Kabbalistic people can agree on. But the I think you're right, Richard's point and Dr. Kogan's point tonight only really um, make manifest to me how much these ideas have become part of our natural understanding of things, but they are still radical and not really 
um, sanctioned by the sources that you see in front of you. They either come from another system. Now that system could be the system of the Zohar, could be the system of, of, of the Baal Shem Tov, it could be the system other uh, of, of, of Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, but these are these are concepts that are now shoehorned into these halachic principles that we have here in front of us. So I think that um, you know uh, what you're saying. I, I know it doesn't. Yeah, okay. And and I think it's also strange when you see someone who represents the Lithuanian brisk learning saying that, right? Right. It's one thing if I would tell you, you know, a chassid said it, a makubal said it. You know, you can't get more, you know, litvish than 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 Rav Salvechik, right? He's he's all about, you know, right? and yet this is. And I I really think what's going on here is something different. I think what he's doing, and again, we'll talk about it perhaps, or maybe next week we'll go on to a different topic. Uh, I'll let the island decide if you want to develop this more but um i i think what he's doing is is really embracing himself again i'm sorry for saying this but i think what he's doing is embracing the world that he knows the world of that he was trying to create in yu the world of the yeshiva world that um that he that he imagined or lived with so I think what he's doing is elevating what he what he did best. Uh, you know, he, he basically what he you know he he elevated um, the the act of learning Torah in a way that I think is is even more than you know the Nefesh Shachayim and the Alter Rebbe in some ways. It's more than just bonding to God in the best way. It actually, you know, it's davening. It's better than davening. It's part of davening. Davening is only a, a part of that. It, it's it's only davening's. It's it's davening's big brother. It's davening's better half. I never. I haven't seen anybody else uh, uh, write in such dramatic, uh, forceful way, and to not just say, "I want to tell you a beautiful vart." This was, he kept on, this, this is his Torah, his shiurim. You know, and you can, it's printed over, over and over again. It isn't just, oh, I thought of a good idea, I want to say it. <laughs> Last week I mentioned to you something. I'm I like Yes. Go ahead, Bob. I was just going to ask you, I don't want to prolong this. I, I, I just, but, but if you do say more about you uh, you presented several opinions that tried to like the uh, uh the Mishnah Brewer that tried to uh, sort of downplay this idea of uh, uh learning over davening in in all cases um but i didn't see anybody bring up the issue of not, not I'm sorry, Bob. Bob. In other words, then understanding. And in so much, could you not hear me? Yeah, I think what you said that um, 
that why why didn't we go back to the fundamental acceptance of the Torah, which was Nasev and Ishma? We're going to do, and then we will learn about it, right? That, that's your question, correct? Right. And I don't, I don't want you to prolong this here. I just was saying that if we continue it, I mean, okay. that before we throw out all these other people, they, they do have at least a very strong principle in the Torah on their side. <laughs> okay. So the Mishnah sort of alluded to that. He said, even though we know that if somebody only learns and doesn't fulfill, it's better he wasn't born. So, you know, again, he, he, he had a number of uh, phrases he could have used. He took a very strong one. Now, you're right. He could have said, he could have said, of course, the Torah is built on doing. It's not built on just learning about the stuff. So, so I do believe the Mishnaburah was coming from that, that place. But, but, but I, I think the problem with the Mishnaburah that he was running into was that the sources themselves were pretty solid. I mean, you know, it's hard to argue with the, the Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah, the, the Rosh, and, and the Ran. Uh, they seem to all say that. They all seem to say that, yeah, yeah. And he can, and he, no davening that day. No davening that day. You were learning. Um, uh, you were learning with, you were learning with, 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 with the Tzibor. So I, I, I think that the Mishaburu is trying to warn you about that and saying, look, you know, you know, listen, you got to be 100% honest and it, it has to be, you couldn't get the group back together and et cetera. Um, so, so I think that, you know, I think he, he neutralizes the threat, but I think it is out there. Uh, whether we're going to buy into Salvatric or not, I don't know. But I think that, you know, it, it's out there, and I think it's very, very, um, you know, it, again, I think what I didn't say is, I think the Ramban is, 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 the Ramban is basically whistling pretty. I don't know if that's the right term, but he's sitting pretty. today. Hey, I told you it's not a mitzvah. I told you it's just a chesed, right? Okay, it's a Rabbanon. Yeah, <laughs> learning Torah, right? The Ramban is, is definitely in better shape with all these, you know, uh, the fact that Shimon Bar Yochai, Yehuda, all the people that didn't stop their learning in order to daven, pretty much back the Ramban's opinion that Tefillah is not Menatayra. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I, think it's, it's, I think it's really the Ramban who left the tap dance over here. Okay. Um, uh, maybe next week... Uh, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.